You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. John, it's a special episode, isn't it? It's a very special episode, because we have with us a superstar of Impact Wrestling and all of the indie scene, uh, Hakeem Zane, known on Impact as Rohit Rashu. Rohit, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing pretty good. You guys doing all right? Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, good. We're very good. happy to have you. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for uh, replying to us and uh, setting us up. We appreciate uh, it greatly. I love doing these, man. It's fun, especially this right now. You know, I have nothing but time, so uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy. Thanks for reaching out to me. I enjoy talking wrestling and just, you know, helps get my name out there and you guys out there, and hopefully we can make some make some uh, waves here. Right. I was gonna ask you uh, first off, like, how's how's uh, the quarantine life treating you? How are you uh, filling up your time? Uh, to be honest, I have a home gym that I bought. I had, uh, when I first got signed by Impact, I had actually lost my job um, after I told them I got signed because I kind of figured they would, they knew my attention really wouldn't be on work as much as possible. But that's a long story. But when I got let go, when I had my first Impact check, I put that money towards getting this home gym. And I have built it up ever since, and now it really comes in handy. So I lift a lot. I'm actually actually playing a lot of more, uh, a lot of more, a lot more video games now than usual. And uh, I'm hoping the weather will get nice because that way I can grill. It was 60 degrees. I'm in Michigan. It was 60 degrees a couple days ago. Really nice and sunny. And then for the past two days, it snowed. So it's just like, what the hell, man? Make up your mind. But that's Midwest weather, unfortunately. Uh, But other than that, man, I I take my dogs outside, hang out. My wife and I just kick back and drink. I mean, honestly, it's just I just can't go out and see people, which really sucks. But Mm. I try to enjoy the weather. Like I said, get outside and grow, play video games, catch up on my shows or anything like that. So it's pretty lame, though. I want to be wrestling every weekend, which I am obviously not doing. So Mm. that's a bummer. What's some of your uh, shows? Uh, I finished Narcos season Narcos Mexico. I think it was season two. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was season two. Um, Ozark season three. Oh, I've read a lot on Ozark. I need to. I need to get on that. Ozark's really good. I like your X Files, but well, it's not X Files, but I always re- you know remember it from the X Files. Right. Uh, maybe I'll jump back on that because I lost track of that a long time ago. Uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars, the newest season of that. Uh, I'm trying to stay up on My Hero Academia. I love anime. Um, I yeah, just, man. Yeah. Yes. I, the, I just the, recently got into My Hero. I've been. In, I just. Um, I just started season three. Dude, it is so yeah. good. If you get a chance, there's a part where I think it's season three. It breaks off and then goes into the movie. Okay. The first movie. Uh, Really good, and then it, yeah. man, that's really good. Like, like sometimes anime movies, they're not that good, like standalone ones. But this one kind of incorporates with the series, which is really good. Oh, yeah. and I, I enjoyed that. And my hero has that. I'm a big fan of Naruto. Um, okay. It's just well, like the characters. Even though Naruto is the main character, there's so many other characters that are developed, and that you know they have their own stories and stuff that you actually care about. Two and, people uh, that automatically come to mind is Shikamaru and uh, Rock Lee. Dude, I love Rock Lee. Rock Lee is one of my favorites. Uh, him, um, Itachi, the whole storyline with Itachi is like one of my favorite storylines. So good. And um, just playing, 
I might jump on Call of Duty. I suck really bad because I haven't played forever, but I know a lot of the guys are playing. Uh, I start. I downloaded Final Fantasy VII, the remake. I, I started playing that. I just beat Witcher a few months ago, Witcher 3, which I absolutely right. loved because I was watching the show, and I was right. like, you know what? I'm going to beat Witcher. Let me go back to that. And then um, what else? Oh, uh, Dauntless on the Switch. I was playing that, which is a free download on, I think, all the systems. But it's kind of like a Monster Hunter-esque type game. But it was free. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was fun. So just doing that, man. I like all so, that stuff. So uh, if you got the Switch, are you, gonna, are you planning on jumping on, on Animal Crossing anytime soon? I don't think so. Because I, yeah. I think uh, I downloaded Final Fantasy IX because right. it was on sale. So I'll probably do that in my free time. I was never the biggest Animal Crossing person, but I'm pretty right. sure if I played it, it I would be addicted because I know like, right it's now, just fun. On Twitter and Facebook, my whole feeds right now are Animal Crossing or Tiger King. That's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched Tiger King, and I thought it was really, you know, it was crazy, but I didn't, like, mm-hmm. I didn't, like go head over heels like right. everybody else. So I, I was like, oh, yeah, this is wild, but I... I was I didn't care afterwards so but uh <laughs> but I you know to each his own so I can't you know I can't say talk bad about it it just didn't catch me like it caught everybody else but I'm sure I'll get something on my Twitter oh you like that bitch Carol Baskins <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't I don't sing its praises like everybody else right. which the whole thing is wild to me but you know whatever it is absolutely insane All right, uh, so... so anyway uh we're here to talk about wrestling, so <laughs> so I guess we should do that. Um, so, you said you get this asked a lot, like the normal questions and everything. So we're just gonna throw it into one question. Let's uh, let's just hear some of your background, like influences and uh, where you started and all that jazz. Right. Uh, I've always been a fan of professional wrestling ever since I was a kid. My dad was flicking through channels, and I saw a clip of the Road Warriors taking on the Koloffs in a Russian chain match, and I was hooked ever since. And, uh, of course, Hogan, Savage, you know, all that stuff drew me in. The WCW Cruiserweights. What made me want to become a professional wrestler was watching the Cruiserweights, and I was just enthralled with Chris Benoit, the way he moved Mm -hmm. his, his... his ring work was just, to me, second to none. And uh, I would record all of his matches, and I would study them. And when I got out of high school, I looked up a bunch of wrestling schools that I wanted to go to that were close. And I couldn't afford it, though, so I kept working, working, working. And then I just started getting into full-time jobs, management positions. And the love of professional wrestling never left. And... Um, I finally got a chance to go train with this guy named Joe Bird, Xavier Justice, out in Davison. Now he trains out in Flint. I did that for six months, got uh, cleared, and then I started going down to the House of Truth in Detroit. And then a few years later, I wanted something new. It's just some new training because you always want to go hit up different schools and see you know, how they do it, and you just get better and better. I started going out to Border City. Uh, Scott Demore's place. This was before he actually went back to Impact, and uh, I started going out there. And so I claim all three schools. I claim all those guys as my trainers. Um, favorite wrestler, Macho Man Randy Savage. I just think he is the perfect package. He looks the part. He talks the talk. He walks the walk. Instantly, when you see him, he just exemplifies professional wrestling. And I think right. I think that's missing a lot of times nowadays. I think you you a lot of guys. They either focus on the ring work 
and the athleticism, which is really cool, or some people just focus on the gimmick. There's very few people that do all of it. And uh, I don't think there's a lot of there's a few people out there that cut really good promos. I don't think I think the the promo is a lost art. Uh, tag team wrestling used to be, but not anymore. Tag team wrestling is phenomenal again, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And managers, managers like Bobby Heenan, you know, we don't have that anymore. And uh, I think that's a lost art as well. But to me, Macho Man, he exemplifies everything and what a professional wrestler should be. So that's kind of my my go to right there. Um, uh, I mean, that's it, man. I, I've always, I walked around, I used to record, I had this big gray teddy bear when I was a kid, and I would record myself. Um, I'd wrestle it, and I would do commentary. You know, I'd be like Vince McMahon, oh my God, what a maneuver! <laughs> and then I would act like Mean Gene, and then I would, you know, turn like this, and I would cut the promo, you know something, brother? Or I'd be like, yeah, I don't think that was very uh, incredible. You know, and I would just start, sit there and try and do the voices and <laughs> just cut promos, and it just it never stopped. Even as when I was in high school, everybody wanted to be, oh, these guys are the NWR, these guys are DX, or these guys are yeah. the horsemen, and we would all, you know, do silly stuff like that. So it never left. It was always a part of my life, and it just continues, and uh, I absolutely love it. And I still walk around my house cutting promos every single day. So and that's, that's that in a nutshell, I guess. First of all, I'd like to say uh, I give you major props for living out your dream because I um, I don't know if you're familiar with IWC in Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, I trained there for like three months, and it just I just could not take it. Like. Yeah, it's no joke. Like the paying the dues part and everything, it's 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 a hard hard thing to do. So big ups to you on that. And uh, another thing you mentioned was like Macho Man being the perfect embodiment of character and work and and everything. Yeah. Who are some people today that you could say that about? Oh, I was a big fan of Eli Drake. When I first got to Impact, I would watch him, and to me, he was very old school. He would try to tell the story in the ring. His promos were fantastic, and they still are fantastic. I just don't ever see him anymore. Right. But um, I thought he was, like, awesome. I think another guy that's really trying uh, is there's two guys. Uh, I think Moose. When Moose walks out, his outfits are always on point. He's really been trying on his promos. His ring game has improved so many, like, just light years from what yeah. it was. I was actually his first singles match ever. It was in Ring of Honor, and, and that was I got to share that with him, so that was kind of cool. Michael Elkin, another guy, his promos are getting so much better. He's so good. He has great delivery, and he's, like, realistic. You know what I mean? Where I'm very intense and hot and, like, ah, you know, when I cut mm -hmm. it. He's very calm. He's quiet and he's methodical, but and he gets to the point. And his ring work obviously speaks for itself. And then his his outfits, you know, his ring jacket and all that stuff. It you know it has that Japanese feel to it. Those are guys that I think that kind of exemplify it. John Cena. I know a lot of people don't like. Oh, his ring work. Blah 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 blah. To me, John Cena is the last of the superstars that transcend professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, we can talk. Yes. We talk now. We talk about a lot of guys, 
But 30 years from now, we're still going to be talking. And I say this every podcast. I say this every conversation. 30 years from now, we're still going to be talking about Hogan, Flair, Savage, Austin, Rock, Cena. We're still going to be talking about those guys because they were the perfect package. They knew how to, even if you hated Cena, you still watched his matches because you wanted to see the outcome. Mm -hmm. He, He invested people. And to me, he's the last of that breed. And I don't, I, I don't think people, and there is a new generation of wrestlers coming along and there's nothing wrong with it, but how does it identify on a mainstream level? Does it identify to everyone? Does it have staying power? And those are things I don't think a lot of people ask themselves. Are they, are, are they willing to evolve their character and do they know how to evolve their character? And do they know how to capture the crowd like that? I don't know what yeah. people, they, now with social media it works a little bit different. Everybody can be hot for about 15 minutes, and then sometimes that goes away, or, you know, it's weird how things are. I do think a lot of people are preconditioned to cheer for certain things as well, like, oh, everybody else likes this individual, I should too. Or, oh, these guys just did that spot in the ring, I recognize that, I should cheer for it, even if it wasn't done as good as, like, say, Will Ospreay or something like that. So I think wrestling's weird in that sense. Um, but I, I don't nowadays. I think those are guys that are like that. But I don't think there's anyone that exemplifies that like a Macho Man. I think John Cena was the last one to be that guy. A couple things uh, coming off that. Um, first off, we're talking about John Cena and uh, how much he's meant. What did you think of the uh, Firefly Funhouse match? Wasn't for me. Wasn't yeah, that for just no. I I liked. Um, I was entertained by that and the Boneyard match, but it's just not for me. And it's there's you know I don't if people liked it and loved it, cool, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad they did, but it just wasn't for me. My uh, my thing with professional wrestling is that you tell the story in the ring, you don't rely on sound effects or weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. But that's that's my professional wrestling. That's what I enjoy. So I can't tell you how you should like it, and I don't judge you, but that's just, it wasn't for me. Uh, One of my favorite things, and I go to this, it told the story, and it told how insane it was, and it got the point across is when Ric Flair was a babyface, late, late 80s, I think it was 89, and Terry Falk jumped him in the center of the ring with Great Muda, Gary Hart, Buzz Sawyer, and he hit him with the branding iron, and they beat up Sting, and they put Terry Funk put the plastic bag over uh, Flair's head, and that's like real shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't put a plastic bag over someone's head, and he's trying to suffocate Ric Flair. And I remember watching that as a kid, and I'm just like, "Holy shit, this guy's trying to kill him!" <laughs> and to me, that was I identified with that because that was a story they were telling. But I believe that shit. Maybe because I was a kid too, but it, it's just like that's no different from two people fighting in a house and one person hates the other one so much that they try to kill him and they put this bag over the head trying to right. suffocate him. That's right. real shit to me. So, But I've always, you know, like the Undertaker's thing, it was so cool to see American Badass. And I, I get it, the Undertaker, that's the Undertaker's thing and that's Bray Wyatt's thing. And sometimes I really like stuff that they've done and sometimes I don't. This just was happened to be something that I just didn't care for. But I like I was entertained. I love seeing Thugonomics Cena. That's like one of my favorite things ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love Bray Wyatt. I love the weirdness. But it just wasn't for me. 
I feel you. We're split. Yeah. We're yeah. Split. You know, and that's that's okay. That's just opinions. You know what I mean? And as some people dig us, some people don't. So, <clears throat> going off of the uh, saying there's nobody that transcends wrestling right now, um, who do you think could get to that level if given that opportunity? Hmm. I'm going to throw think... this in there before you before you say anything. Uh, your stuff in AEW, like your promo work, they should be utilizing that in Impact. I appreciate that. Majorly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything, but right. um, just keep your eyes peeled. There's a rough patch that I will be going through, and uh, but I think Impact, they've opened up their eyes to it. So keep your eyes open for that, and I and I, I do hope that uh, something you'll see something's in the works there finally. Very cool. But I, I appreciate that. I do. I, one of the things I loved is when the ICU thing was going on. People kept hitting me up asking me, "Was that me?" Because they remembered the stuff that happened at a uh, AAW, and so I thought that was really cool that people, even some people I didn't even know, they're like, "Hey man, is that you?" And I'm like, no, it's, it's not me. But uh, I thought that was really cool that that actually transcended a little bit. Um, and I don't mean it as an insult to today's professional wrestlers. I just hold that as a high bar. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to seem like people, because there are people that are great. Like, I love Kenny Omega. I think Kenny Omega is awesome. But I don't think Kenny Omega's promos are are touching any of the guys that I mentioned. And I don't think anyone's promos Right. Excuse me for that matter. Are touching those guys? There's just something about it. There's something about those those promos that everyone. I mean, everyone relates to. Mm -hmm. Not just some people. Everyone. When Steve Austin talked, you listened. You know what I mean. Even if you weren't a fan of professional wrestling, you're like, who the hell is this guy? Man, he has the crowd in the palm of his hand, and you identified with it, and then you want to see more. That doesn't happen a lot. I think. Right. I like I, I now I think there's people that honestly capture can capture the inner the uh, I guess the the attention of the crowd I think MJF's one of them um, I'd like to see what he can do as a baby though because that's the real test right uh, to me in my opinion you got to be able to cut that baby that fire baby promo as well as just insulting people so. But I, I, I always liked MJF. I like the heat he gets, and um, I think he's really good in the ring, too. I think Danhausen has something hot right now. If he can keep that going and keep that cooking, uh, right. I think he could, you know, he has. And then he always does very entertaining stuff. One of my favorite guys right now is Dan the Dad. I love his promos. To me, it's so funny. Yeah, I, and he does it so well, you know. Yeah, I've just recently been introduced to Dan the Dad by this guy. So, <laughs> And I'm a little biased here. I think uh, Jake something, his promos are really good. He looks yeah. like a million bucks. I think Karam has that ability. He can talk. He looks like a million bucks. And he's going to be really great in the ring. Jake, I think, if Impact lets him go that route he just has that it factor when he walks anywhere like i'll be like oh man we'll be walking an airport i'm like man i'll be dressed nice and stuff but man i look sweet you know what i mean and jake will be like in 
dirty shorts and a Dragon Ball tank top, and everyone's just like, who is that guy? You know what I mean? Like, he just has that it factor. He, he looks like a giant caveman. So, <laughs> like but Jim I, Ross always says on his podcast, he always says that whenever they were scouting talent, it was if you're in the airport and you look, yep. do you look at this person? Yeah. I get it. I get the looks, but for different reasons. They're like, who's this very Arab Indian tan man with a mohawk walking <laughs> through the airport to keep an eye on him? So I guess that counts. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm going to say that counts. Jim Ross, if you're listening, if you hear this, that counts. So. <laughs> that counts. Dude, if Jim Ross listens to this, I will shoot myself. Uh, but anyway, um, dang, I was going to... You spoke of MJF and Kenny cut the baby promo. It seems like Cody and MJF are two sides of the same coin, but do they have the other side of the same coin? Yes. Like, like Cody can cut that fire baby baby face yes. promo like nobody like mm -hmm. right now, but mm -hmm. can he do the heel thing uh, as well? I mean, we, yeah. we kind of saw it in WWE, but I, I kind of feel like you know you have more you have more. Uh, creative control other places in WWE, it seems. Yeah. And, and that was another thing. Like, when we were talking about getting to that level of John Cena or whatever, I kind of don't think that right now WWE wants a star like that. I don't, th I don't think they, they want a star to be bigger than the brand. Uh, I could see that. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I, I could totally see that. Yeah. Because then it takes away from, you know, what they're doing, and then the people leave off to Hollywood and go different, go do different things and stuff. I mean, I don't know how they operate. I don't know any of the inside stuff there because right, I've never, I've never worked there, you know. But I can honestly see that. I, I totally agree with you there. I can see that. Yeah. So speaking of uh, the airports and such, uh, how do you feel about the representation of? Uh, Indian people in the industry. I was never a fan of how minorities got treated regardless. I always thought it was you have, oh, you're, when I first started, everyone's like, what are you? And I'd be like, I'm half Indian, I'm half black. Uh, you want to do a terrorist gimmick? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need to do that in order for me to get heat. I, have, I grew up watching some of the best people that got heat, and that's what I'm going to emulate right. and try to be like. And I get heat just by being me. Um, I don't like that. Uh, when they told me about the gimmick, you know, and, and it's two sides of a coin because one thing, an impact doesn't make us be... Oh, we hate America, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? If Gama says it, Gama says it because Gama's old school. That's how he is. Right. Um, they kind of let me, Rohit Raju is just kind of me. And with that stigma and name slapped on it. Um, but I was never a fan of how that was as far as like how minority and people still think that you go out there you're automatically booed because you're the indian guy you know what i mean yeah. which uh, i guess in wrestling it's like cool it's heat but i'd rather earn the heat than just be like oh we don't like you because you're foreign i always thought that was stupid it's a little bit different nowadays 
because Japan, so Japanese guys, when they come to the States, they're not automatically booed because people know of Japanese wrestling and they respect it. Uh, the lucha style is obviously huge, so people don't really, you know, but it still happens though, trust me. I, I see yeah. when we go to certain areas and I see certain guys get in the ring that are, you know, of their foreign. And you get those people in the crowd, go back to your country, or, oh, go, I want some tacos, or, oh, you're going to give me sushi, or, oh, you, you run the Quickie Mart, stuff like that. And that still happens. No, you know, I run the Quickie Mart. <laughs> but it's funny, it's funny, people are, people are people, and it's so dumb. I used to do this gimmick, it was funny, I did this before Cody Rhodes had used that moniker, but it was the American Nightmare, Hakeem Zane. And I would cut this promo about that, saying, you know what, you look at me and you expect something of me, you expect me to tell you how I don't like America, and this, that, and the other, but I was born and raised in America, but you don't treat me like I'm American. You know, I, I, when I grew up, I always tried to be apple pie and baseball, just like everybody else, but I was always told I didn't belong. And so I did this, I kind of flipped it to where I would say, like, I'm a better American than you. But you know what? I am your worst nightmare. I'm the American nightmare, an educated ethnic individual who knows how the game is played. And I was doing that for a bit. And then it, when it impact, I wanted to take it a little bit a different direction where I was saying stuff like, well, you know, you boo me because I'm Indian and I haven't even done anything. You just knew that I represented India and was proud of representing India. So you automatically wanted to, to boo me. But, you know, you talk about Quickie Mart, but who's the ones going in there and uh, buying all that, buying his next Slurpee, while the guy that's running it is living the American dream and making money off you. You right. talk about Indians, but you want to be cultured, so you go do yoga. Who gave that to you? Indian people. <laughs> you, you want to go eat cultured food, so you go eat Indian food. Um you know, we're living, we're the ones that gave you this culture. We're the ones that gave you this class, but you don't want to, you just want to take it from us and you want to insult real Indians for being Indians. You know, look at Shira. Shira, that's Shira. Shira is a very proud Indian man. So there is no all oh, stereotype with him. That's him. He's a very proud Indian man and he loves representing his country. And I love representing India as well, as long as it's in a good light. I don't want to have to be the evil foreigner right. in order for that. I do like the, hey, we're classy, you're not, like we did that with the Deaners. There's ways to represent mm -hmm. a country and not try to be like, oh, they're bad guys because they're evil Indian, you know, foreigners, which I don't think Impact does anymore. I felt like they were, when it first started, they kind of wanted to go that direction, but then they were like, just go out there and, you know, be pieces of shit, and that's what we were doing. We were just being heels. And there's there's promos that Gama cuts offline that people don't ever see. And Gama is super old school, and he cuts these great old school promos. And uh, he gets heat, man. He gets really good heat. And he puts over... He does the stuff where he puts over like good things about India that doesn't happen in the states. So it's like almost like a truth type thing. Right. But no one wants to hear it, and and, and instantly relates to. He's not saying, "Oh, we're better than you because you guys are horrible Americans." He's doing it in a way where he's speaking truth about it and said, "Hey, India is better than this than this because we do this and you guys don't do this." But he does it in such a way where it's it's good heat. You know what I mean? It's not like, "Oh, evil foreigners." It's him just being a jerk that's okay but i like um what's his what's his name uh 
Oh, really? WWE. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. I think that's awesome. Like, it's not, he represents his culture in such a good way, and it's 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 different, and it's how it should be. You know what I mean? Be proud of what you're representing. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be the bad guy all the time. But I like being a heel, so I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> as when, far as that goes. Right. And, like, when Ali first showed up in WWE for the Cruiserweight Classic, one of the things that he said that stood out to me was he says, when you see me and when you hear my name, You've already made up your mind about me. Yes. Right. And that's reality, though. That's mm -hmm. honestly reality. So, unfortunately. But I think there is... It's, it's better than what it used to be. More cultures are accepted and stuff. But um, oh, still, be. it still has a long way to go. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, what attracted you to Impact? Oh, man, you kidding me? I used to watch the $5 Wednesday pay-per-views that they had. And I remember watching AJ Styles versus Jerry Lynn versus Low-Key and X-Division. Like, 90s Cruiserweights were one thing. And then those guys came along. And you're like, what the hell mm -hmm. is this? And that was when Impact and Ring of Honor had a very open relationship. So I would go to the Ring of Honor shows and see a lot of those guys there. Right. Um, Monty Brown is from my home, my city. And I, I know Monty. I've known Monty when he before he got into wrestling. I know him better now that I got into wrestling. But when I first got into wrestling, I was doing I was refereeing before I got cleared to wrestle, and I refereed a few of his matches. And uh, so I was already attracted when I found out that he was there. I was like, oh man! And then I found out I watched his promos, and Monty was always putting on entertaining matches, and his promos were. Man, he was killing it. He was so his promos were so underrated. Yeah. His character just he knew it, and so that was really cool to see that. And I always thought Impact had there was a there was a run there where they were. It was just like this is terrible, this is not good. Yeah, there was, was a, a long run Hogan there. era. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And it, when I first got there in 2017, it was under different management. And I remember thinking to myself, man, this is bad. This yeah, is, and this it is really, I was happy to be there, but I was like, man, this is not good. And then things got a lot better. Yeah, it's and, it's uh, so unfortunate to me that because of that era, people won't give it a chance now because of that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they and don't. Like, ever since the new regime took over, I, I have enjoyed every show I've watched. Every pay-per-view is killing it. Every week you're killing it. Yeah. The show's good. It's good wrestling. It's a good alternative if you don't want to watch the same show you've seen for years on Monday nights. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, jeez. We, we don't get the credit for it. Our roster, right. man. We, our roster works so hard. The whole crew works hard. Uh, Ross Foreman, he's, he used to work with WCW, but he's, he's back there just sweating all the time because he's running around taking care of everything make sure talent's taken care of making sure all the pr is taken care of everybody from top to bottom works very hard there and it's one of the best locker rooms like i said i was there for a while when the locker room was very clicky and there was a lot of top guys there that wouldn't give you the time of day and now you have such great locker room leaders eddie elgin those guys are constantly giving feedback great criticism letting you know how things should be what works what doesn't 
uh, Paige and, and um, Josh Alexander, you know, they've been around the block a lot. They're fantastic. They'll pull you aside and be like, look, this was this worked, this didn't. Maybe you should try this. And everyone's always like, hey, get better. Hey, we're doing, you know, we're always just wanting people to succeed. It, it's just cool to see right. that. And then, you know, the ladies are kicking ass. And it's, it's oh, one yeah. of the best locker rooms I've ever been a part of. Same thing, like Sammy, OVE, all those guys are always looking out for people. It's a great locker room. And, and I, I hate the fact that we don't get the credit that we deserve, you know. We, we honestly don't. And I'm not even saying that because I work there. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it because it's true. Because we don't get the credit that we deserve. We've been putting on some really great matches, really great shows, pay-per-views, like you said. And... And I know it just sucks that we don't get the love that I think we should should be getting because I put our roster against anybody. And, and it's such a great place to grow. As you see, like we were talking, look how many people have grown and they've gone elsewhere or right. they've come back and redeveloped their characters and then got the second chance in other places. It's because Impact is doing that. Impact's giving you that creativity and letting you grow as a performer where all these other places yeah. are not letting yeah. you do that. And, you know, um, it's insane. And it seems like Impact, and I could say the same thing about AEW, um, just pretty much anywhere that's not the the big the big dog in the fight. Um, these places are willing to let you try stuff and see if it gets over. And if yeah. it doesn't, it's it, and if and and if it doesn't get over, it doesn't get over. You just try something else. It seems, it seems so much less formulaic. Yes. Than yeah. the alternative. I always thought, and like I said, I don't know how it operates, but I always felt in the Attitude Era, WWE always felt like professional wrestling trying to be a TV show. Yeah. Now it feels like a TV show trying to be professional wrestling. And it doesn't come across as organic or genuine as professional wrestling should be. One thing I love about Impact is they'll say, hey, this is what the promo is. And they have a bunch of verbiage, but then they'll say, you do your promo. We just yeah. want you to hit these bullet points. So I say, okay, cool. Who's going to cut a better promo? Who's going to cut a better Rohit Raju promo than Rohit Raju? Nobody. You know what I'm saying? No one's going to cut a better Steve Austin promo than Steve Austin. Right. Because so, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? So I go there and I cut my promo and I have that creative freedom to do it. Whereas I, there's no way I could remember two pages of stuff like that that I have to act out. I have to be able to feel in the moment and do it. And it's just like, I, I don't know. That's just this is not for me, I guess. I, I don't exactly. know, but if, if that's how it, if that's how they operate, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, let professional wrestling be professional wrestling. We're not like anything else. Yeah, right. sure. There's there's acting involved, and there's athletics involved, and there's cameras, and there's this, and there's edits, and there's that. But it's still professional wrestling. You got to let it be what it is. Right. So, uh, coming up toward toward the end here. Um, I saw a, I, I watched what, what Culture, and they have this new show that's like five things that you hate about wrestling, and they go send it. You're talking about Cult Yeah, Cult yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to ask you the opposite thing. What are, what are five things about wrestling, wrestling culture, wrestling fans, whatever, that, that you absolutely adore or think there should be more of happening? 
That's a good question. Um, I love when the crowd is invested. You go out there or you're watching it and the crowd is invested. Even if it's not a great match, if you're telling, like maybe work-wise, but if you're telling the story and the crowd is invested in the story, there's nothing better. Look at Hogan Rock at, yeah. uh, in Serrano. You know what I mean? It wasn't Okada Omega, but it was the crowd was invested because they were invested in their characters. They were invested in all the buildup and all the promos, and they knew they were watching something special. Any of the Rock Austin matches, it's, you know, it's punch, kick, duck one, fizz, you know, maybe float over DDT, stuff like that, brawl on the outside. doesn't matter because all of the promos, all the vignettes, the character work, it all comes to that. And then they tell this story in the ring and you just want to see these guys tear each other up. That I love when it all comes together and everyone's invested. And it's the same thing when... You know, when Omega won the IWGP belt, it was like that long story, and he finally got it. You were invested in it because it was this path and this and this the story that was built up and told. And then when it, the payoff finally comes, you're already you're like this. You're just oh man, oh man, and every single move, whether it's a clothesline or whether it's a you know Canadian destroyer, you're like, oh my God, because you're invested in what's happening and you're invested in the two people in the ring. I think I that's my even, favorite thing. I felt even more invested with the story of Naito. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. That, you know that, what I mean? Because that was an even longer story yeah. to be told. Yes, it was, and it's like, and you just can't wait for it to pay off. And when it finally does, you're like, Hell yeah, man! Yeah, that was that like, was it's history. History was made. And when he's winning, even just winning the opportunity for the match, you're like, oh my god, is it gonna happen? Is this it? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> As a wrestling fan, because even wrestlers were still wrestling fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we get we get invested in this stuff, and that to me is number one. That makes that's professional wrestling right there. Being able to tell the story and perform it in the ring is it's second to none. Um, what else? Uh, I love the com when the, when it's on point. There's a lot of lame, lame ass people in professional wrestling. Don't get it twisted. There's a lot, a lot of high school drama, cliques, yeah. people just being so stupid and childish. But then there's a lot of camaraderie, a lot of brother and sisterhood. That's really cool. And when you get to see those people, you may see them once a week. You may see them once a month. But when you see everybody, it's like, oh, hey, man, it's that familiar face that you haven't seen in a while. You give them a big hug and you ask, hey, what's going on? How's the family? How's this? How's that? I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome when you find those people in your life that you can go months without seeing. But then when you see them, it's like you saw each other yesterday. It's, yes. I love that. Yeah, and it, and it, you're all in the same thing. You, you kind of have the same mindset, and it, that's really cool. Just that that family, I guess, brotherhood, sisterhood feel of it is actually really cool. I think that's it's uh, very underrated, and a lot of people that don't know about professional wrestling don't know about that, and right. uh, it doesn't doesn't get a lot of credit that it deserves. Like we were saying earlier, <sighs> number three. I guess, I mean, these are all, I'm spitballing these off the top of my head, so it could always change tomorrow yeah. if you ask me. Right. Number three, I think the history. 
the history of it. I'm a, I, you know, I grew up watching it, and I know it's, it has to evolve. I know it has to change. Um, does it really have to change that much? I don't know. I mean, if it ain't broke, you know what I'm saying? But I love, nine times out of ten, if I'm watching wrestling, it, it's something old. Or it's something I haven't seen before. Because everyone's trying to do what Will Ospreay's doing. Yeah, Everyone's right. trying to do what, what's hot. And I'm trying to do what Steve Austin did. Like, my, my inspiration for the AEW promos, the bitter chip on the shoulder, besides just how I feel, in a sense also came from his ECW promos. I was just going to say, yeah. Yes, because Austin knew how good he was. He knew his worth. Not everybody else did. And like he even just, when he, yeah, he just, had to find, he just had to find a place that wasn't afraid to let him talk. Yes, and that's what I'm hoping I, I get sooner or later. Because I can cut these promos, and some people will be like, man, your promos are really great. And some people, they just don't care. Because yeah. they just don't, they don't care about, they're like, well, you're not, the internet's not telling me you're hot, so I don't care. Or I just don't have something that relates to them. You know what I mean? But then once the bigger audience sees that and they're like, holy shit, this guy's really good. And if I can get that steam, because I know my worth. And that's just how it is. I'm not yeah. being egotistical. I know I have a lot to improve on. I know I have a lot of things I have to do to be even better to get to that next level. But I also know my worth. And I know it's worth right. more exactly. than what I get. And I know... I always say I'm not going to be as athletic as like the rascals. Like there's stuff they do in the ring that I'll never be able to do, not anymore. Well, look at Arya Davari. He's on a 205 live show, and he 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 does the same like kind of similar things where he's he's kind of like an old school wrestler storyteller yeah. in the ring. Yes, yeah. Which I think that is becoming a lost start too, in a about, sense. But. Um, yeah, and you're talking about knowing your worth. Um, if you don't know your worth. And if you're not invested in yourself, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going no, to you're you're take those hot dogs for the rest of your life. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And sometimes you got to be that dick and be like egotistical and be like, hey, I know I'm better than what you guys are saying. You know what I mean? But it's funny because the a lot of the boys are like, why don't they do more with you? Why don't they let you talk like that? So that's always cool to get that respect from your peers. And um I don't know where I was going with it, but <laughs> that's all right. Well, like I don't know where I was going with Ethan but. Page. You know, he spent a very long time in that WWE farm system evolve, but he must have knew his worth because he's somewhere else now doing the things he should have always been doing. I always say this: he is the smartest wrestler because he knows business, and it doesn't matter what Ethan Page does now. He doesn't have to go out there and kill himself because Ethan Page is going to draw people with his blog. Ethan Page is going to draw people with his promos, with his social media skills. Yeah. He is a business now, and that is the smartest thing. And, you know, he knows how to talk to talk, walk the wall. I'm not saying he's not a genuine person, right. but he knows how business works. And that's like, to me, that's me. I... I know how business works, but I don't apply myself like right. he does, which I should because, you know, Rohit Raju, Hakeem Zayn, that's a brand, and I should be applying myself to that brand. Dan is another guy. It's a brand, and you've got to promote your brand. But he is 
better than anybody at that. And he knows everybody. He has connections in yeah. every promotion. So he's going to be fine wherever he goes. You know what I mean? That is smart, smartest guy. Smartest guy in the room. Yeah, I feel I feel in a similar way going off knowing how to make people listen and on the social media skills that you talked about. I feel similarly about David Starr. I feel very similar about him. And um, talking about Danhausen, he he's a guy that very much understands a point that I always make that if you're gonna have a gimmick that is as outlandish as a gimmick like like Danhausen or like, let's say, Broken Matt Hardy. If you're not 100% invested, nobody else is, is, is going to be. Right. Right. Like you have you, to. Look at, look at MJF. MJF's yeah. a dick at all times. Yeah. And uh, it works. You know what I mean? Flicking off the little kid. People got all upset about that. He's a oh, heel, you I morons. Loved, I loved that. <laughs> Jesus. I loved I it. Hate, okay. <laughs> like, I hate that stuff. We I haven't hate seen the, someone the, take a sign from someone and rip it on TV in 20 years. Yeah. I actually did it in Vegas, but it didn't get on TV. <laughs> someone good. had a sign about the hit squad, and I walked up to him before I got in the ring. It was actually during the scramble match that aired a few weeks ago and i ripped it up and um, watch that that was awesome yeah you know that was one of, i love that match yeah. everybody was on fire but i ripped it up and uh i was like yeah man if if you can't be a heel i'm not supposed to and me be nice i'm, I'm insulting people i mean there's a line you don't cross but like yeah and me as a wrestling man. fan yeah as a wrestling fan if i'm the guy that gets my sign taken and ripped off you made my night yeah i'm going you nuts. made yeah. my night yeah <laughs> Exactly. It's like you paid attention to me. You acknowledged yeah. me. And I was trying to get your attention and you mm -hmm. did it. Like, so I think so many people are just, it's like that false outrage. Like, oh, I got to be offended by this. No, you don't. Sometimes it's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to be offended by. You're just offended because exactly. you got to be offended. It's like, shut up. Like, that's why I love being that AEW is like, okay, we're going to let you off the leash. Go ahead. As long as you don't get us in trouble, go ahead and do what you want. <laughs> I shit on everybody. I don't care. Like that's my because that's. But it's like that. It's like kind of like that reality of it. Because I get so tired of going on Twitter and seeing people. Oh, they drew this like this, or just it's just, like, stop it. Just stop it. There's certain things that are going to be that way because they're supposed to be because it's supposed to be risque or it's supposed to be shitty or it's supposed to be happy or it's supposed yeah. to be kind or it's it's supposed to be that way because that's. What it is, it's like you ain't got to be offended by it. Like, just stop, man. I don't get offended by um, the all the crap that, like, we were talking earlier about how minorities got treated. I understand in that in that timeline, I didn't agree with it, but I didn't sit there and be like, "Oh, this has got to stop." No, I yeah. I'm gonna stop it by coming out being me and turning it. And that's what I was saying earlier. The stuff about Steve Austin. No one knew his worth until he actually, even when he went in as ringmaster, it wasn't until he got to turn on the switch at WWE that finally people realized. But I knew when he was stunning Steve that he was awesome. Right. You know what I mean? But, uh, and, and that's that's what I hope to accomplish too. But um, I guess back on track. Four and five. Jesus, what did I say? What was, did I even do three? I've, no, you did. Uh, I think the first one was investment. The second one was unity slash brotherhood, sisterhood. Oh, and then the, the history was the third one. History was the third. <laughs> I guess fourth could be becoming a brand. Yeah, we'll say that being people being a uh, a brand in professional wrestling. I guess the fifth one too is seeing people that I know and like succeed. Yeah, I, 
I love to see my friends or people that I just know worked hard. And even people that are like um, myself and Trey were talking uh, the other day. And I met him at a Ring of Honor show. He had drove hours to do this. And we wrestled in front of the boys. We all had dark matches in front of the roster. And it was so cool. And Trey was probably was the most fun you had. Yeah. It was. And I got to wrestle Cheeseburger. That's another guy. Love Cheeseburger. When When I was... I was still trying to make it, and Ring of Honor was throwing me some bones, and I was going to the seminars, and all Cheeseburger was doing was helping out with the ring, production, and next thing you know, you know, and I still talk to him from time to time, and next thing you know, he's wrestling in Japan. Yeah. And he's getting big matches in Ring of Honor. Excuse me. Uh, I love to see that stuff. I love to see it. Dan Housen. Another guy, I'd known him when he was just a snot-nosed rookie trying to look like CM Punk and wrestling that Donovan. style. Yeah, yeah, Donovan Danhausen, you know. And we share our love of Simpsons together. And now he's blown up. Same thing, Warhorse. I didn't know Warhorse yeah. a long time, but I knew him <laughs> when before he was, you know, the 80s metal gimmick. And then I always thought he was a hard worker and a great worker and always respected him and liked him. And then I see him blowing up. Same thing with Dan the Dad. I love to see people like that find success. And um, Jake, something I've known him for almost 15 years. We used to do backyarding together. We've, we're best friends, better rivals. And his success, I love to see that. And I can't wait for Impact to take the, the chain off of him and let him go. Because he'll, he's going to be their star. He's going to be a huge star there. And I hope today... Yeah, Jake, something, you know. You need to and tell I hope- him to, to uh, answer his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's we, where I love to do these things. He's not a fan of doing it. He just doesn't. That's Jake, man. Jake, he, you know, yeah, beat like his that. own drum right there. But, uh, and I, I, yeah, I just, I think he's a star. I think he has superstar written all over him. People instantly attract themselves. Men, women, children, they instantly gravitate towards him. Where me, he's unbreakable and I'm Mr. Glass. He's Goku and I'm Vegeta. We're direct opposites, but we mix. And um, I'm the guy that people don't know how good I am until until they actually see me. You know, because I'm not a big guy. I'm 5'8" like 180 pounds right now, which is good because I'm in really good shape. But uh, <laughs> I ring work. And I didn't mean that in a, like, I'm in really good shape. <laughs> no, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in really good shape. But uh, yeah, I don't, people are like not invested in me until they see me. And then they're like, oh, there's something about this guy that's different. You know what I mean? But uh, he has that it factor. I have, I believe I have that it factor, but I have to show people I have that it factor. It's not like well, this is that but it's weird but i love to see people i know that have worked hard that have came from nothing get success and i i love to see that i love it absolutely it just i can't explain it enough i love to see people succeed it's just how it is yeah i feel i feel that way i feel that way about elias here's a guy that i used to we, we talked about iwc a little bit ago i used to go to every show and he was there as logan shulo and it feels the same like if you're a big football guy and you follow a specific college football player and watch them get drafted to the NFL. It feels that same way. 
Yeah, yeah they were people who fall out of high school. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> a little armchair fantasy booking I have is uh, you're talking about Jake. Um, a really way that they could get a good way that they could get him over like that in Impact. They're building Madman Fulton up to be this great heel. Who on the roster, babyface wise, could honestly take him? You know, you yeah. got Jake. You got Jake right there, man. Yep. And uh, I remember when we were talking on Twitter, uh, I was talking about Karam. Like, if they ever decided to put to break up the Desi Hit Squad, and um, you could easily have him as your heater and and uh, have a feud with. Um, Shira and uh, Raj. Raj. Yeah. Yeah. We honestly could. And I think once this is all said and done, because we were making some noise on the indies and AEW, obviously that helps a lot. I love that promotion, man. That was a that was a promotion that it was just it's hard to get into. And now those guys have seen my worth, and they're like, this guy's money. You know what I mean? He has he has a chip on his shoulder and he's hungry. And let's see what he can do. And every time they gave me something, I felt like I've, I've delivered with them. But I think once we make enough noise on the indies, I think they'll have no choice but to look at him. Because people constantly tag Impact, like bring in Karam, bring in Karam. And uh, and that's what you got to do sometimes. You just got to be undeniable. Yeah. And um, it, it uh, works. Just for the uh, females, you know, they hashtag yes. give Divas a chance. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's wrestling's weird. It is changing but sometimes the foundation the foundation is what you know keeps it strong and so you have to respect that you got to respect on what it was built on and sometimes that's what works where we right. can evolve and we can do stuff like funhouse and boneyard and yeah, that's cool but the stuff that's always going to be number one is two people in the ring telling that story with the proper build-up, that's always going to be money every single time. You go to a movie, Definitely. a really good movie is going to tell a really good story, and it's going to be money every single time when it's done right. Professional wrestling is no different. Right. right. So, last question for you, and I, I think I know you're number one. Uh, this is a subjective question. You do not have to answer this objectively. Who is your personal Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? Damn. Oh. <laughs> what is it? Four or five? Four. 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 Oh, Lord. It changes every time somebody asks me this. Uh, I will say. I'm the same way. Same. Yeah. So I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll say Macho Man, Austin, in no particular order. Macho Man, Austin, Rock, Flair. And I want to say Eddie Guerrero right now. I think those guys all bring something different, all different eras, and uh, they're all great. You know what I mean? But it could it could have been Dusty, Cena, Hogan. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could have been, or it could have been just all workhorses. It could have been Arn, Benoit, Omega. You know, I could have, yeah. But as of right now, that's the one I'll go with. But it's hard. It's really hard to say. But that's a good thing because you have so many great professional wrestlers out there right. that bring a little something different to to the match, to the matches. And it's, you know, how could you not love professional wrestling? 
I don't know because I'm absolutely obsessed. Right. There's there's something sickness. It is, you know, but there's something for everybody. If you want to watch like competitive, a competitive story, you go, you watch New Japan. If you want to watch some outrageous stuff, you can watch stuff like the the Funhouse. If you if you want to just watch a really good story, you can watch the Mega Powers Explode. I mean, there's there you can watch Dusty Flair. You can watch Harley Flair. You know, there's so many things. You can watch the Road Warriors and the Brain Busters. You can watch Sting and Ric Flair. It's just, it's, yeah, Sting. How can I? He might be on my top too. I say, yeah, yeah I don't know, man. So far, <laughs> uh, Sting is. I, I love Sting, dude. That's I forgot. How can I forget Sting? That's one of my dudes right there, man. Stinger boy. What was he like? Six five back in the day. He was considered a high flyer. Jacked out of his mind. Cutting just <laughs> insane promos. Doing high cross bodies off the top rope to the outside with no padding. Just awesome, dude. <laughs> Running down the ramp, hitting that high cross body into the ring. Dude, Sting was Sting was so sweet. When he came on in a Survivor Series, I about died. I was like five years old. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my god! Oh, you see, he just dropped Triple H. Oh, I just see, he flipped his jacket back. Oh my god! Just losing my shit, dude. It was like that when The Rock came out and um, was the host for WrestleMania, and he came out and bald, jacked as shit, just looking <laughs> sweet. Kicked out that. Oh, dude, just how could you not love professional wrestling, man? Love I don't it. get. It. I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. Well, Rohit, it has been our pleasure. Dude, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. For real. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your quarantine life and yeah. uh, doing this. And uh, hopefully everything gets back to normal soon so we can see you on right. TV and uh, yes. also defend that Heritage Championship of AWs. So yeah, uh, yeah. We, we usually ask people to plug anything that they've got coming up. but Or their social media. With how this is. There's nothing coming up. So, anything no. you want to say? Uh, every Tuesday, Access TV, Impact Wrestling, baby. You'll find me. You'll find me there. There's some really good stuff with me cooking right now. I'm not going to say anything, but <laughs> uh, the direction of my character, so to speak, there's just some little things going on that people that have been wanting me saying, hey, give Rohit the mic. There's some promos that I got a chance to cut, and I'm very proud of, and I think um, you'll see some of that. But there's some stuff that's going to be happening, and plus just with the company in general, uh, just, you know, we appreciate the support. Please continue to support us. Of course, we're on Twitch as well. And then you can always find me on social media at Hakeem Zane on Twitter, Raju Zane 80 on the old Insta. Uh, you can look up Rohit Raju or the Mad Dragon, Hakeem Zane on Facebook. As of right now, I'm just trying to post whatever wrestling stuff I can find. Right. And mostly nowadays, it's just me posting egotistical gratuitous pics of me flexing in the mirror because <laughs> I'm trying to stay in shape. Either that or my dogs. You know, that's about it. So, But yeah, man, everybody, I hope everyone stays safe. And uh, never forget that I am the jaw jacking Tuesday night impact. And his mother called him son because he shines like one. Mocha, skin, <laughs> manimal. Rohit Raju or Hakeem Zane, take your pick. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you.